Ever wondered if your advertising dollar is really working for you? If your ad would have been here, you and more than 4 million people would be listening to it right now. Contact ads at exxoneradiotv.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Unwilling to be the government's deadly assassin, gifted psychic Kahara Mitchell went AWOL and ended up buried under rubble in the wake of a great tsunami. She regained consciousness far from Earth on the medical ship of a Dagaronian intergalactic fleet. Has she been rescued or abducted by aliens? The Chalice of Carrie, Kahira O'Donnell's latest paranormal science fiction romance, is the passionate story of an Earth woman and her destined mates, twin kings from another galaxy. Kahara uses her gifts fighting alongside Lords Rom and Ra in a war that will determine the destiny of galaxies. The Chalice of Kari by Kahira O'Donnell is now available at kahiraodonnell.com or at amazon.com. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. 
It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, Facebook, Twitter, and every other social media site, Exxon Radio TV, and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Back by popular demand, our opening song that we had for 20-some-odd years, The Wonders Doing That Thing You Do, is back, as you, the Exxon Nation, had requested. So there you go. I want to thank you very much for your input. And we're happy that we can, you know, just help you guys out. If you want that thing you do as our intro song, you've got it. After all, you are the Exxon Nation. My first guest tonight is going to tell us a personal story. Two close encounters. We're going back to August 2011, August the 18th, and August the 27th. We're going to Oregon. We're going to hear from Chris Brown about two encounters that he had, two separate times, different craft. We're going to hear how these sightings continue to haunt him two years later. He's searching for answers, Exxon Nation. So far, he hasn't been able to find any explanation of who they are, what they were, where they came from, why him? Not only was he involved, but his son was involved. His son is 11. Now, two years ago, he was nine years old. This is a sighting story that you rarely hear. Chris contacted us earlier today, and we had to bring him on because we want him to tell his story, and hopefully someone out there in the Exo Nation will be able to give Chris some answers. Some answers that will shed light at the end of the tunnel to this haunting that he's been going through for the past two years. We have to take a two-minute commercial break, Exo Nation, but when we come back, we're going to be speaking to my first guest tonight, Chris Brown from Oregon, and he's going to tell us about his two very real, very personal close encounters on August the 18th and August the 27th, 2011. Here's a little bit of information. We scoured the internet for any news reports of this sighting, none. We went to the National UFO Reporting Center to see if there had been any reports made None. One thing is for certain. Chris Bull saw something. He's not the only person who saw these and will hear his chilling, haunting, and compelling story when we come back from this commercial break here on the Exxon. Because, Exxon Nation, this is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction 
and fiction is reality. Chris Brown is my guest from Oregon on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as we continue from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Nicholas P. Jinnix is a lover of humanity and a seeker of truth. Using facts and not opinion, he exposes misconceptions spread by religious and political organizations. While theology, engineering, and science were his fields of academics, history, philosophy, and humanities are his fields of research. His article entitled, The Obama-Iran Nuclear Deal Must Be Stopped, exposes lies by Obama to approve a nuclear deal. This deal benefits Iran domestically and militarily, but compromises the security of the United States. The Genix article is provided on the internet link, www.rel-mar.com forward slash ng1. That's www.rel-mar.com forward slash ng1. Reef is your host. Reef is your guide. Are you happy? Happiness is like trying to find water in the desert. Can you find any? Sometimes, sure, but only a few drops. God is an ocean of joy, but God is not cheap. You cannot find God in a chemical. You must attract God's attention. How? Not by living to please your senses. That is false ego. The Matrix is not real. It is a computer-enhanced hallucination. You are spirit soul, not the body. We have forgotten how splendid our home really is, the spiritual sky. For more information, visit reeshasongofblue.com. That's www.reeshasongofblue.com. Fartlets, fartlings, pongies, and honkers. They have so many names, makes you go bonkers. Rear tempest, butt bubbles, bottom burps, all aside. Why does it smell like a little rat died? Hail the fart, whenever, wherever, whoever. Its existence actually enriches our lives because it gives us those unforgettable moments that we can all recall again and again that are always good for yet another laugh. A new expose on farting. Get your copy of The Endearing Fart by Eileen Dover at www.theendearingfart.com.
All right, Exxon Nation, Chris Brown is our special guest of this first hour of tonight's show. We're going to be talking to Chris from his home in Oregon. Now, this is why I say that the Exxon is a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. What you're about to hear is going to blow you away. No two ways about it. I'd like to tell you that Chris is in his 40s. He is uh, he's disabled. He suffers from epilepsy. And Chris, welcome to the X-Zone. Great talking to you again, Chris. And Hi, how are you? I, I'm doing great, thank you. Thank you very much for coming back and for share, you know for for wanting to share your story with the Exxon Nation. So what I'd like to do, Chris, is I'd like to go back in time to the evening of August the 18th in the year 2011. And take us through the events that led to your first sighting. It was uh, about 9 o'clock, I would say 8.50. I had to go out and water my yard. I started off with my um, garden in the backyard. Uh, It was 10, or it was at 8.50 when I walked out in the back because the time was on on the oven. I watered probably ten minutes the garden, and then I think the hay. Chris, Chris I, I'm going to have to stop you because your your phone is muffled, and we're having a hard time hearing you. Okay, all right. Um, can you speak a little louder, please? Yeah, can you can you hear that better? Uh, that better? A little bit. Um, I. Can you put the, the speaker closer to your mouth? Maybe that would help. Yeah, let me, hey, let me try that. There, that's perfect. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah. All right, so go on with your story. It was, it was bo- better? Yes, much better. Okay, perfect. Uh, so I have a long hose, so I went and pulled the hose around mm-hmm. uh, to my front yard. And I had to pull a way out to get the kinks out. I wound myself in the middle of the road. And about that time, it maybe could have been around uh, 9, nine o'clock straight up. And when I pulled the hose out, and I have fields all around me, and I noticed the field straight on the street, uh, straight in front of me, I noticed some blue and red lights. They were real scattered. Uh, didn't really take it in kind of just uh, continued to water. Um, I have hedges, right, real big ones, so I couldn't see the the field as I'm watering. I watered that side of the yard probably, oh, 15, 20 minutes, and I went to go pull it back, the hose again, to do the second half. And it was a little bit darker then. I'd say maybe it was about maybe 9.20. And when I pulled it back, it just caught my eye. Uh, out in the field was uh, this gigantic craft, a UFO disc. It it was if I if I had to put a size on it, it the size of an aircraft carrier. It's about the only thing I could I could measure it up to. Mm-hmm. It was um, maybe about a mile from me. I would say from the distance, it was sitting behind a small little outline of trees. It, uh, trees, maybe the outline, I would say, maybe 300 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of sits in the little valley behind that, so you can't really see anything. But this huge glass dome 
was really really what what caught me uh covered the swamp the whole outline of the trees and i mean that was so big i just really didn't grasp how big it was and okay now when you, when, you, on, so when, I just, when you say the dome covered the trees in the swamp are you talking about the dome on top of the ufo the dome on top of you yeah, have the dome on top okay. of the, the craft all right yeah it was a big it looked like a glass dome really and um, if I had to put a size on it, I, I could only I could only go to about maybe 300 feet. It was it was huge, and it, so I just dropped the hose. I threw the hose over in the yard. It wouldn't be in the middle of the street, mm-hmm. and just was just oh my god! First, you know, you look at it, and like people say, you really. I rubbed my eyes and thought this just isn't happening, and. It was obviously clearly it was happening. So um, I really looked at it a little bit more, and that's when I kind of seen it kind of start to move a little bit. And then that's I looked at it kind of a little bit more like, wow, I was kind of really wasn't quite sure because it just moved a little bit. And then all of a sudden, um, it's real. It, it, it's difficult to talk about still. Um, just for a second. This uh, things got real blurry mm-hmm. and like a um, kind of like a everything looked real kind of purplish and blue, and it felt like my stomach felt like uh, I was going on a roller coaster. You know, you know, you get that that feeling in your belly. Where you, <gasps> you get down the real steep part of it, and it it was real warm. It kind of felt good in a way, but I, oh my god, I said that in my head, like right. because it just was. I felt it taking me in. Mm-hmm. And then it stopped. And then, well, it was such a moment. I, I didn't sit there and, and concentrate on, oh, wow, how did I, you know, I just was just still caught up in the moment. So I had my iPod, and I ran down to the stop sign to go, and then that's when I noticed it moved uh, three times. And uh, I had my iPod. I have it on the ground. I'm trying to hold my one finger to hold it in place, to push the the, the video record uh, button on it, my hands were shaking so hard it was I practically missed the whole sighting on that trying to get that going. So um, I just gave up, and then that's when I went and and I put it in, and that's when I seen it move the three times, and then it moved on the third time it moved away down east toward, uh, toward the mountain. And then that's when I kind of found myself looking up and running back to my um, driveway, thinking I can see open open area, but I got trees all around me because I'm in Oregon. And as I was running back, I looked up in the sky, and that's where I seen, well, you would have thought if, if it had just was sitting there and not moving, you would have thought it was a star. And it went flying in the air. I mean, it was it was going fast. And uh, it was in space. It wasn't in the air. It was in space. And uh, so I was, whoa. So then I'm out. Then I pull out my, my pot again because I'm so darn trying to get the, uh, this thing videoed, you know. Mm-hmm. And once again, I, I couldn't figure it out. And I just gave up. And then that's, I was standing in my driveway. And then that's when I looked up. And there was a... Um, well, it was a smaller craft, 
and it went over the neighborhood. Oh, I couldn't say exactly in feet how high, not real high. And it went over neighborhood. We have no fly zone over our neighborhood. And so why is that? It went over. Pardon me. Why is there no fly zone? Uh, we have a, um, a, uh, Airport, military uh, airport, just fourteen miles from me. So, and so they have a lot of a lot of planes, and so they'll always go on. A, they'll always kind of go on their pattern. So, so they'll so, go and so this, they come out. And, all right. So this UFO encroached on uh, restricted airspace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they don't fly over neighborhoods. Okay, go on. So, okay, and uh, then that's when I noticed the smaller craft. Uh, and, um, it went over the house and as it went over, uh, my dog was in here and he, I could hear him mm-hmm. from out there. He made a rough noise while all the dogs in the neighborhood were all barking and barking. It went over to, uh, about a block down over to, uh, a friend of mine's and they live right on the corner, right where there's fields all around and they have a few dogs. And it sat kind of above their place, and all their dogs were burp, 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 barking. And then it kind of got bright, and then it was just gone. And that was that was the first sighting. So my wife was shortly after that came home, and of course I was telling her, and she was kind of wow, you know, in shock. She didn't really know too much what to say, and. Uh, so I had been out there waiting for it. I had actually walked the block and hoping to see people that maybe had seen it, you know, because mm-hmm. it was just so it wasn't real late. It was so big that I thought, well, gosh, you know, somebody had to have seen that, you know. You would think but so. But I couldn't find mm-hmm. anybody. And so I had been out there uh, for 11 days straight with my camera. I had my camera running with the strap on my wrist waiting for it to come back. Uh, I, I've been praying pretty much every night for it to come back because, you know, I wanted to get the picture course, you know, the typical, you, you know, the, the dream encounter course with the camera and mm-hmm. the video. And so it was uh, the 26th. It was late. We were up watching movies. Movies got done at about, I would say, 11.50 uh, p.m., on, it was a Friday night on the 26th. And so after it was over, I wanted to go out and try to get out and do some sky watching just for a little bit and water my yard. Mm-hmm. And um, so I dragged my boy out there and we went out there. We watered for, I don't know, you know, maybe maybe 10 minutes. Right. And he was, want, he was wanting to go in. And I, I kind of kept them out there just because I'm kind of at ease and unease and mm-hmm. just, you know. So we, uh, I wore, I said, okay, well, hold on. It'll just be a couple minutes. Uh, so it was about two or three minutes later, we got done. And uh, I went and I said, well, don't look like we're going to see anything tonight. And I, walked up to the curb and I turned off the camera and took it off my wrist and put it in my pocket and, uh, turned around and started to walk away with my back turned. And that's when this wild pop 
with the bright flash. Um, at first thought, we thought maybe it was a transformer. And then this... Um, all right, Chris. We're going to have to do a little. We're going to have to do a bit of a cliffhanger here because I have to take my network okay. news break at the bottom of the hour. Chris Brown Perfect. is our special Perfect. guest, Exxon Nation. We're talking about Chris's two encounters that he had in Oregon in August of 2011. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. Ever wondered if your advertising dollar is really working for you? If your ad would have been here, you and more than 4 million people would be listening to it right now. Contact ads at exxoneradiotv.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. This is the Exxon Radio TV show with Rob McConnell on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our worldwide family of broadcast affiliates. If you have a question for Rob McConnell or his guest, or if you've had a paranormal experience, call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 0, or email exxon at xzoneradiotv.com. On all social media sites, our one address is X-Zone Radio TV. Closing time Open all the doors and bless 
Welcome back, everyone. Chris Brown is our guest this hour here in the X-Zone. We're talking to Chris about his two experiences of a close encounter that he had. Two separate dates. We're looking at August the 18th, 2011, and then August the 26th, 2011. And um, Chris, I, I find it very strange that uh, that this UFO sighting that you had on the 18th was in restricted airspace. And I have to ask you at this point, during or after your sighting, did you notice any military aircraft in the sky? Yeah, I did. After after the first sighting, um, I did. I noticed them, and, and uh, I couldn't see them, but I heard them. So it that probably maybe be... Maybe about 10 minutes, maybe afterwards, okay. right around there, shortly. Now, this, this UFO that you saw at about 10 minutes to 9 Pacific time, did it have any any navigational lights on that you could see? No. All I could see was just the lights uh, around around the craft that were, um, that were circled around it. Okay. They seem to be kind of going counterclockwise from each other, blue and red. Okay. Now let's let's get back. Let's get to your second sighting. Now you, it's uh, oh about a week later. It's the twenty sixth, and you hear the you're outside and you hear this cracking noise as if a a light bulb has popped. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it did. It sounded like if you took a light bulb and it hit. You throw it on the ground and it makes that noise. Yeah. Um, I turned around at that point in time. I thought a transformer went out. Was the first thing that went in my mind. I kind of mm-hmm. jumped back a little bit, and then this. Uh, well, all I can say it was this like uh, bubble, like uh, it was about maybe the size of a semi truck tire. It was. Um, it was spinning backwards, like going forward. It was white on the outer rim of it, like an electrical current, kind of a, a white. And it mixed in with um, a bluish, uh, greenish, because kind of the, the inside of it was kind of a teal color. Mm-hmm. Inside of it was, uh, all around was floating this, golden dust there was so much of it It looked like a static tv there was so much in it it was floating around this i'd say about a beach ball size clear ball it wasn't moving fast it was moving the pace about a about a a fast walk it was about six feet from us uh it was going over the road where they tore up the cable and put in new fiber optic uh, wires a couple of years back where you could see it. It was sucking the power. Well, it looked like it did because it was power was was coming from the uh, from the road, sucked up, seemed to be sucking it up into it. Uh, inside of it were all the crystal or the 
golden dust was floating around, there's that clear ball that was, like I say, it was about the size of a beach ball. Mm-hmm. In the middle of it, we first thought, we thought maybe it was like another, like a, like a ruby, I guess, the red one. At first, another stone or something. Uh, but it wasn't until it moved away from us and we could see it from behind that we noticed that it was in a teardrop shape. And it looked like some type of liquid because it was, the orb was spinning. It was spinning really super fast. It was making a kind of a chopping noise, not real fast. Mm-hmm. It went, um, it went probably about 25 feet away. It sat there. It, it spun for a second, and we were just just so zoned in on what's happening, still trying to figure out what it is, kind of. It went over the iron plate manhole cover. It seemed to arc. It made the same pop noise that it did when it came shooting right next to us. Um, it seemed to shoot. Uh, there was a power power line right there. It seemed to maybe shoot off and hit the power line, and maybe arc off of that again because there's sparks that came off the the transformer on the power pole, and uh, it just took off both of us at the same time or the same time go whoa. And really, it was a really heavy-duty thing for my boy. He kind of got scared, and, well, he almost wanted to cry. So, uh, anyway, so it was right at that time when that that it, it shot off that uh, my wife's friend was here. She opened the door. We thought for her that she had seen it, mm-hmm. and she didn't see it. And so, you know, you, you, it's one of these things where you want to sit back and you want to say, well, you're just going to go, and you're going to tear into her, and you're going to say, hey, this just happened. But it was such an incredible thing that literally you were just high on life. And when she came out, I really can't remember what I said to her. I just was just just dazed with, oh, my God, what did I see? So now you, you she s- got you in said, the car. You said you were high on life. I just was, I mean, I, you mean I, I just was just... I was still trying to take it all in okay. on what had just happened. You know, I just was, well, let, I, was yeah, I was really just in, I just was in a whole other state of mind at that point in time. So how many, how many orbs were there during the second sighting? Just one orb? There was just one orb. Okay. And there was one UFO during the first sighting? One, uh, well, actually there was, Two UFOs and an orb on the first sighting. Okay. Um, yeah, because I seen that when I when I ran back and I seen on the first sighting and I seen the well look like a star and it was going in space and then I ran back and when I ran back to, to try to get a better look mm-hmm. and then that's when I was saying there was a craft that went over the neighborhood in no fly zone. And then it went over there to the other side of the field, and it sat there kind of for a second. It got bright, and then it just disappeared. Now, we we checked all the newspapers, no reports whatsoever. We checked with the media in the area of Salem, Oregon, no reports. We checked with the sheriff, 
No reports. We checked with the FAA. No reports. We checked with the Air Force. No reports. We checked with the National UFO Reporting Center. No reports. My question to you is, how could something this big not be seen and not reported? Um, well, on the first encounter, the neighbors, uh, I, uh, not all the way down with the second encounter, but on the first encounter, uh, the neighbor's uh, friends seen the disc mm-hmm. the night I seen it, when I seen it go off, and they watched it for about, they said 45 minutes, and they tried to get video of it, and they couldn't get video because they were out of service, and they were up at the mountain. So, but, but if somebody's yeah. watching that something of that size and that significant... Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they pick up the phone and call 911? You know, I thought about it. I thought about calling myself. Mm-hmm. It just was such an amazing thing. And Did you feel that? that I, didn't you, want, I didn't want to make waves in my neighborhood. I really didn't want the cops over here. I'll be honest. But, but you, so, you, you've, gone, you've gone and contacted every radio show. You want your story out there. But why wouldn't you call yeah. the police and file a report the night it was there to get something to to validate your 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 sighting? You know that clicks in my mind a million times, uh-huh. and it's would have, could have, should have. And really, I'll be honest with you i I'm not, I never been into the UFO thing too much, or and and I really just didn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. And um, I did get a hold of, of um, Peter Davenport, and I did submit my my UFO um, case to him, and I have a number, and I did get a hold of him, and I got a hold of MUFON, they came over two days, I called them two days after it happened, mm-hmm. and um, then they came over, and then I waited for my report to come out, and then it took a couple months, and then when my report came out, I just went where my brain could only think, and I sent it to the news here. Um, they denied me. I talked to the one guy. I called her up, and oh wow, wow, that's. Well, let me get back to you. Of course, she never she never wrote back, and mm-hmm. well, I actually had to call back. That was it. Well, sorry, just uh, I sent my report into MSN dot com, and I, you know, I, I tried to do what I could do to do it, and I did Expose my encounter, and All right, maybe but, I could have went more directions. But you know, here, here, this, this is, these are just questions I'm asking you now. All right, I'm not, I'm not trying yeah. to be uh, anything but honest. You live, yeah, in I a, understand. Huh? You you live in an area that you know is a no fly zone because you're near a military installation. You see something, and your neighbors see something that obviously you identify as non-military. And nobody calls the Air Force. Nobody calls the Sheriff's Department. Nobody does anything. Why? Mm -hmm. Was it because you... It's such an incredible thing. Okay. It's such an incredible thing at that point in time, and I live in such a small town that everybody pretty much knows everybody. And 
But let me ask you, you, know, let me ask I, you this. I, let, it let, was a new I just had kind of moved here, and it was such an incredible thing. And All right, let me ask you this. You live in a small town, yeah. right? Did anybody else in town see the same thing? Not anybody that I that I talked to. All right, now around you, around my block. Uh, when I when I was talking to you earlier this afternoon, I asked you why you were contacting the media, why you were wanted to get on the radio. And you said because you wanted to make you wanted to you wanted to make your place in history. You wanted to to make a stance. You you wanted to be known for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I did. I feel that I just like I said before, I you know, when I did this I I had never heard this happening mm-hmm. and I just was trying to help everybody out, you know? Because I didn't think I'd never heard of this happening before, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I didn't. I just was. I just thought I was doing everybody a favor, and I there was the would have, could have, should have, and okay, I could have called the cops, and I could have did that, but it was such a. It was such an incredible thing. It was. No, would have, could have, should have. All right, when the craft started moving. Did it move towards the Air Force Base or away from the Air Force Base? Um, away. Away. Um, it went east and then away toward uh, Macaulay Mountain, which was mm-hmm. where uh, the neighbor's friends seen it, where they were camping at. And that's away from it. Probably another 15 miles away from the airport. Now, did the UFO make any noise as it was as it was moving? Did you feel an, no. Did you feel an electrical discharge? Did you feel as if yeah, something I, something was trying to communicate with you? Mm-hmm. I did. I felt I felt electrical charge in the air. I don't know if it was trying to communicate mm-hmm. with me or what. I just know I felt a heavy uh, current in the air, and I and I and I felt like that on my my second encounter, and. Um, my my teeth hurt. Matter of fact, because I have I have fillings in my right. mouth, mercury fillings from when I was a kid, and they hurt really bad. My teeth were sensitive for a while after that was on the second encounter. Listen, we've got to get ready to go to our final break here, Chris. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. What do you mm-hmm. think, or what do you believe in your heart of hearts? You and your son witnessed in the in August of 2011. You know, I, I just, my mind hits me all the time. I, of course, after this happened, I read mm-hmm. stuff on this technology. I never heard of a clear ball or anything like that before. So maybe it was an alien, you know, it's so hard to tell. And no, <laughs> coming from such a, you know, a, a big thing. So I really couldn't tell you. I, it sensed to me, it felt to me very alien. All right, stand by, Chris. You and I have to take our final break. Exo Nation, Chris uh, Brown is our special guest. I told you, this is a story firsthand from a man who claims to have had two close encounters. One on August the 18th, 2011. The second with his son on August the 26th, 2011 in restricted airspace in Oregon. We'll be back. Don't go away. Thank you. 
Shiite Muslim and taught the Quran in his youth are some of the reasons why President Obama has an affinity for Islam and the Muslim people. His nuclear deal with Iran allows them to obtain over $150 billion to stimulate their country domestically and militarily while pursuing their objective to develop a nuclear bomb. A groundbreaking article by Nicholas Jennings titled, Obama Continues to Lie to the American People, exposes many lies Obama has made. It includes lies to the American people on the Obama-Iran nuclear deal and Benghazi. The Jennings article is provided on the internet link, www.rel-mar.com forward slash ng2. That's www.rel-mar.com forward slash ng2. When demystified, shamanism is an ancient science delving into the quantum level of life. Understanding and implementing basic shamanic principles can empower the individual to heal, manifest, and evolve in these rapidly changing times. Path Home Shamanic Art School is a -a one-of-a-kind Colorado State certified occupational school training and certifying shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also train individuals simply interested in empowering and enriching their lives through shamanism. Path Home's certification classes are in a week-long block format, enabling national and international students to participate. We also provide online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions as well. Discover all you can be. Enter the limitless world of shamanism today. For more information, visit findyourpathhome.com or call 303-775-3431. Ever wondered if your advertising dollar is really working for you? If your ad would have been here, you and more than 4 million people would be listening to it right now. Contact ads at exxoneradiotv.com. You know what, Exonation, this is an appropriate song for our guest this hour, Chris Brown, Rebel Rebel, because this guy's a rebel. He just didn't let this go by. He went, he contacted MUFON. He tried to contact other talk show hosts to tell his story. The part that Chris isn't telling you, and, I, and I'm going to tell you in a way with that I'll also you know, keep face over here, is that the top show's that I know the hosts very well. You know, I've been on their show, they've been on my show. Didn't even have the courtesy to return his emails. 
Here you've got somebody who's saying, listen, this is what happened. I'm, I'm looking for answers. I'm looking for help. Can you help me? Can you point me in the right direction? Nothing. He sent an email to Nick Pope. Everybody knows Nick. Well-respected. And um, Nick Pope sent him back an email. Nick Pope took the time to send him an email. So what we're going to do, ExoNation, in two weeks, we're going to have Chris Brown back on the show with us. We're going to make it a two-hour special. We're going to bring people on the show that can try and give Chris answers. He deserves answers. Anyone else who has a UFO sighting or a ghost sighting or has any kind of encounter or experience outside the realm of our established three-dimensional world that we have enclosed ourselves with deserves answers. And if I can't help him get answers, something's wrong. Not only as as a talk show host, not only as an ex-cop, but as a human being. Chris, we're going to do everything we can to help you, buddy. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It means it means the world to me. You know, I had the opportunity, Chris, of talking with you for an hour this afternoon. You touched me. Your honesty. I hear the I hear fear in your voice. I hear compassion in your voice. I hear questions. We'll do everything we can. That I can promise you. What would you like to... appreciate it so much. What would you like... We've got about a minute left here, Chris. What would you like to tell the Exxon Nation tonight? What's what's your final message for them? Well, definitely uh, cover your groundwork if something like this ever happens and Take all the right steps to get mm-hmm. your story out there and um, more hopefully more people will come out if this happened to somebody else, maybe they're afraid to 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 say what what had happened maybe my my encounter might might bring that out so what you're saying yeah, is you know maybe believe in yourself, don't be believe afraid. in yourself. Chris, stand by. All right, buddy. Chris, stand by. I want to talk to you off air for a minute before you hang up, so don't go away. Exxon Nation, Chris Brown is my guest this hour. A brave man with one hell of a story. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon. Don't go away. (laughs) 